Okay, cool. Uh, well, I'm Nick, and we're doing this podcasting today, and I'm going to be talking about the blues and kind of that transition that it had into rock and roll, and kind of more specifically on some of the uh, like African-American underrepresentation or like culture appropriation. We'll get into whether I think it's really been that or not. But I'm here with my dad, who loves music, too. And Hello! There we go. <laughs> but yeah, he's, we both listen to a lot of rock music and some yeah. blues. Yeah, and, and, and we try playing it, too, every so often. So. <laughs> we try. We're not and as... I say try. <laughs> <laughs> we're not as good as uh, some of these people will probably hear today. But yeah, I mean, we both play guitar. I just started getting into guitar. You've played... And- yeah, I, I played uh, since I was younger. I, play, I started out with acoustic. Uh, uh, really started taking it more seriously now, especially since after uh, about a year, Nick has already passed me up. So. <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's fun. And, it, and it's definitely an interesting music style, you know. But we kind of, in class, we talked about, like, uh, the, like, the origins of blues and like with that we start with like those spirituals you know which are like uh what the like during slavery they would be singing in the fields like swing low sweet chariot you know okay yeah yeah but and then it those like and all those come from like you know struggles like it's called the blues for a reason it's the blues it's the blue part of you right you know? right what, what what time of uh about when did, when was that originate so that starts more in like uh during slavery you know so the 1800s right. okay and then the blues itself the spirituals were before slavery ended and then the blues starts directly after that and what's called like the great migration okay where once slaves are free they start moving up to the north you know yep into these cities and a lot of them are still there that's like a lot of it like the great migration was a big thing but i mean we can like we have Swing Slow Sweet Chariot right here that we can listen to real quick, which is by the Fisk Jubilee Singers, which are like an African-American like acapella group from like 1871. This recording's from 1909, so it sounds so, really... So it was actually uh, written in 1870? Well, this is a spiritual, so this was passed down through slave generations. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So this is a really like... And you've heard Swing Sweet Chariot. that's you know kind of it goes off of this terrier coming down to take them up to basically heaven because of the struggles they're going through but then after that as things went on you know after slavery it wasn't like they were home free you know they still had mm-hmm. so many struggles going on and they had to it was a uh, sharecropping you know what that is um tell me <laughs> but, yeah, it, i think i know yeah, it, was, it was basically just uh slavery with extra steps okay Got it. But it was they they were still worked on tobacco farms of like Georgia and the South, Mississippi, all that, and it was still like extremely hard life. And it was it was a transition. 
It was the trans, right, and, right, and right. you know, it was still segregation, everything. Sure. Jim Crow laws rampant still. Okay. But uh, we talk about in the class. There's like the blues starts out of that. Okay. Like uh, the sharecropping era, them still being depressed. Yep. Yep. And I, I, we actually, I watched the documentary in the class, which talks because uh, we, did, I did a uh, like a report, like a documentary report. And I chose this documentary that talked about uh, the blues throughout it, and it was uh, it was step it up and go. Talks about the blues throughout the Carolinas, basically, but it reaches out and talks about other ones. Mm-hmm. And all of them were it was all different types of blues. Like you had like the more upbeat, some of the slower, but all of them were talking about how it's just the feeling that's created out of it. This everybody's it, got the blues. In it, them. Is that what I mean? Basically, the blues describes the feeling. Is that how, yeah. how the the name came about? Yeah, and that's why it's always talking about things somewhat depressing or morbid. And okay, it's the blues. Got it. Got it. And we talk about in class some of these. Uh, like you got, and then like off of that feeling, like the blues feeling, we talked about in class some of the different types of blues that came out of that, like the Mississippi Delta blues with uh, Robert Johnson, who's like that guy that said he sold his soul at the crossroads, you know, mm-hmm. during that story. And like, it's kind of crazy, like when you actually listen to it, because he actually does sound amazing. And yet all of his friends say he could not play the guitar before he did this. Really? But uh, I mean, we can play a little bit of him so you can get a little bit more of the early blues feeling right here. that's the you know the feeling that you get out of those that's the mississippi delta blues style and you have all these blues styles that come across all across the u.s because of the great migration that we're talking about yeah there's like a chicago blues which is like basically just guitar singing in the harmonica okay and there's like blues coming out of texas which was actually partially what created country music so they all had their own kind of unique style but they all are rooted in that feeling Got it, got it. And, you know, um, you know, learning the, the guitar, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at different scales and things like that. And one of the things we, we focus on is uh, the pentatonic scales, the ma- major and the minor pentatonic. I know they each have the blues notes and stuff like that. Did they, uh, was there music theory at this point or are they just, uh, they're, they're feeling it out, you know, and what, what feels right or what sounds yeah, right? Yeah, it, it's more feeling it out. Like, we, we, we basically named them blues notes. You know, they, they definitely had that feeling. It was more of a taught thing. Okay. Or a felt out thing, like it, like we're like okay, that's a dissonant note that sounds kind of good. All right, that's a blues note. Okay, we see all these African American artists using that note. We're like all right, now it's a blues note. <laughs> like it strays from our major and minor, or yeah. like our uh, all our modes of music. So we're like all right, 
That's it. So, so it's interesting, you know, again, looking at science and looking at music theory. It's almost like the, the music was created and then we worked the theory out from yes. that. Is that? Yes. It's pretty. Well, like, that sounds good. Okay, how did they do that? Yeah, yeah. Because there's no doubt when you when you listen to stuff, you can tell what sounds right and what doesn't, you know. Mm-hmm. And you say the dissonant totally. notes and uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Totally. And with that, like, that's like really early blues, you know. Uh, and that's not really the blues we play or we live off of. Right. But that's also, a lot of that blues is combined with, and this is when we talked about in class, the banjo, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think I already told you this, that the banjo, because I, I play the banjo, I have a banjo hanging like right above my head right now. <laughs> but like, it, it actually came from Africa, it, it, through the Caribbean. That's it's, crazy. And it's yeah. not an act- you, you don't associate a banjo with Africa. You know? No, and, and there's a ton of, uh, during that time, African Americans in the South that played the banjo. Like it was a big part of their culture as well. Yeah, yeah. And like it, it's it's and they had a, a big influence on country music as we just said with the Texas blues, the the instrument that like kind of shaped it, you know. Well, and it, it's so weird because as you say that, you know, it's like and I said, you know, we we don't associate it with, but but again, that's that's our local perception, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, and if you know, it, it's it it came from there, and it's just you know, their are obviously perceptions totally different, you know, and it's just it's funny how we just we. Um, we, we come up with these assumptions and stuff. We yeah, and we really don't know him because I mean, I, I would say you ask you know 100 people, and, and 99 out of 100 would think it's it's a, a an American. It's, it's like a hillbilly, yeah, hills exactly. music that's, instrument. You know, it's great. It's not, it, and, and some of the we listen in class. You know, it sounds very similar, but it's a dude playing a gourd banjo. Yeah. And off of that, there was like a lot of wrongs done by the white. American public to African American uh, people because of the fact that uh, their music was different, but they also enjoyed the music. And like, part of the issue is there's things called minstrels, but they would dress up in blackface and play more black music. Okay. And it was kind of a it was very popular. And there were some groups that weren't even stopped in the Brit- in Britain until 1973. Really? According to this article I read off of uh, Varsity. And in that article, they talk, it was done by Felix Asser in 2020, so a pretty recent argument. I mean, article and talks about what happened to rock music's black history. It's been pretty whitewashed, you know, we don't really mm-hmm. think about it much. But uh, as we go into that, uh, there was an article in 1973, actually, so during kind of during this time, and it was done by Margot Jefferson, and it's called Ripping Off Black Music. And she kind of talks about uh, how minstrelsy is still alive and how Elvis might be the greatest minstrel of all time. No kidding. They call Elvis the greatest minstrel of all time because he doesn't even know he's a minstrel. Okay. Because he's ripping off black music without even knowing he's doing it. And like Hound Dog, you know, Hound Dog wasn't an Elvis song. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. You and I told that, you that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. And that was crazy to me because Big Mama Thornton, she's... She's the one who did that. Yeah, when you played that the other night, it was like that's that's pretty interesting. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, again, yes, a hundred people. I'm sure most most people would know that. And what's what what's the Elvis? Is it like Jailhouse Blues or something? Uh, Jailhouse. He he does have some. I'm thinking of Johnny Cash with Folsom yeah. Rock. Oh, that's what <laughs> but, I'm thinking. But uh, but yeah, I mean, still, right, he has. Uh, I think he has Jailhouse Rock. Jailhouse Rock, but that you know that sounds pretty. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But with him, uh, like a lot of his songs, he's considered that because he kind of ripped it away and some of these other articles i'm re i've I've read recently because of that like uh 
in that varsity article, they talk about how with that, it was more of a trying to rip away R&B. So R&B comes off of the blues. So R&B became more popular in our 1940s, 1950s-ish time. Okay. The Harlem Renaissance, have you heard of that? Yeah. In Harlem, it was like all this amazing black culture yep. that came yep. out and they had like great music coming out of that blues and like somewhat forming of jazz, you know, because jazz is like just blues on steroids, basically. Okay, I was going to say jazz is an offshoot of, or blue, jazz is an offshoot of blues. Yeah, right? and you'd think, honestly, like, it, I always thought jazz was actually before blues, but it's not the blues. Okay. Jazz basically took it and was like, okay, now we'll be able to play every note if we want to. <laughs> That's how I think about it. Got it. But... Uh, it basically with that, uh, the R&B scene started to take over in an article, uh, on Afterglow by Karis Anderson in 2019 kind of talks about, uh, how R&B basically, uh, was ripped off from, uh, African American communities into rock hmm. because they, uh, these white producers started to see there was money in the scene. So R&B started to reach like the white youth. So nice. these young Americans were hearing it and were like, this is great. So then they were like, okay, we like this. There's money in this. All right, let's start putting our, our, our white musicians into this. We'll make it rock. We'll make it slightly different. It always seems like there's money behind a lot of... A lot of it's money. Yeah, a lot of yeah, it's yeah. money. And we, I mean, during that time, you know, you know Chuck Berry, right? Chuck Berry. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's rock. You know? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Everybody knows Chuck Berry. Yeah, he's, you know? he's the father of rock and roll, as some people yeah. would say. Got it. But yeah. he, he was really one of the main, you know, African-American rock stars, you know, Little Richard, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Little Richard and um, i trying to think who else. I know Chuck Berry, or, he, he has, uh, uh, well, he doesn't have a part in Back to the Future, but that, that's the yeah. song that Marty, Marty McFly plays. At the, but yeah, that's, that's a good song. In fact, that's something that, you know, I've, I've tried to play a little bit on guitar, so. <laughs> Not very good at it. You're, you're, we're getting there. Why right? not? Why not? Brown. All right. Well, I mean, you know, like Run Run Rudolph, you know, Chuck Perry. That's like my main when I think I am. Yep. Like that's rock, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. when we're starting to get into what we think of as rock. Oh, and then you had little Richard, like wah ba ba loo ba 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 bamboo, tutti frutti. That's a yeah. I mean, oh, that's like when we're starting. That's the beginnings. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then we get into what we consider, you know, classic rock coming off of that. And like, I, I like love Jimi Hendrix, and like I, I might play some later, but like that's what I mainly yeah, you like. Should. I like you that's what I like playing mostly. And like he kind of revolutionized it, in my opinion. Like every, like almost all of the songs are built off of what he did, you know, with yeah. the guitar. At least, if it's based off of electric guitar, he had an impact on it. Yeah, no doubt. Which is crazy. But a lot of that, there was a lot of uh, hatred actually towards Jimi Hendrix during that time, really? coming from the African American community, and it's it's understandable. But with that, he was playing for mostly white audiences because of the fact that that's where the Record labels were putting him. That's where the money was, and because mm -hmm. because it was most on average, you know, the white community was a richer community, so there's more money to go to these concerts. Okay. And they wanted money. It's all revolved around the money. Yeah. But so he when he played at Woodstock, you know, the the 
the guitar on fire scene, you know, oh, like yeah. the whole, yeah, that's yeah. where he made his name a lot, but he actually went to Harlem and played for some African-American communities, and he was getting booed, he was, they were, they were not having him. And it was because he, he because played in these other Just because he had just played really? at Woodstock, they found him as a traitor. It's it's sad and because he, yeah. he he really there's a quote of him saying he's like I want to show them that music is universal that there is no white rock or black rock mm. he he was really he he believed in complete equality he didn't want anything other than that and he, he, he you know he was a hippie <laughs> so oh, yeah. you know that was honestly part of the culture it's a great it's a great mindset oh, but yeah. he was like well, even when we're talking about now we're kind of we are segregating these musics you know it's like blues is like a African American music. Mm-hmm. Well, we have, but you know, he's trying to make it okay. This is a uniting music. Rock sure. and roll is uniting us. Yeah, he has such an iconic sound too. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's so unique too. You know, it uh, just uh, his, his songs. You know, um, you know one one of the things that you know you know he played a, a he was a left handed guitarist and he played a right hand guitar. He strung it you know the opposite way. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what the reason he was behind that. I don't know if he couldn't find a, a left-handed guitar or what. But yeah, and that, it's just a side story. But Eric Clapton, you know, great friends with him, really uh-huh. respected him. He actually bought him a left-handed uh, Fender Stratocaster. Really? Two days, he was about to give it to him. Hendrix died. Are you serious? And he, oh and God, he said it was one of the one of the worst things ever. He said I had to look at that left-handed guitar every oh time. God. Seriously, I just gave you chills. Yeah, it's it's really sad. And like that's another like we talk about these British these British bands and actually a lot of it. Uh, so it was interesting to me because, you know, the Rolling Stones, you know, the, the British takeover of the U S yep. the Beatles, okay. all of them, when they were kids, they were listening to like these, uh, these blues. They just listened to the blues. They had all these yeah. records. They had like the little, little Richard, all these earlier ones too, you know? Yeah. And that's what they listened to. And that's what inspired. That's them. what inspired them. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, the, the Rolling Stones, like they would always hire, black backup singers if you listen you can hear like a more gospel-y sound coming out of it interesting and they love the blues and that's what okay. inspired them and the beatles too the beatles uh they met up with uh some of those more harlem groups and blanking uh-huh. out on the names you know but like uh the what was the girl group you know what i'm talking about uh no but uh they they would Sorry. meet <laughs> it's all good but they would meet up with them they had there's like photos of them together it's crazy. But, uh, and yeah, there's like a photo of Chuck Berry with Mick Jagger. You can see that right there. Okay. And they, like, he loved Chuck Berry. Oh, that's really, yeah, that is a cool photo. And with that, you know, the, the Rolling Stones, the Doors, the Animals, you know, all those, the Beatles, they all would recognize how much of an impact that the blues had on them. Well, some bands, and I, as I was looking this up, because during the class we listened to a uh, Led Zeppelin song that mm-hmm. was... A cover of a blues song and actually in my opinion when i listened to that i was like okay wow this is doing it the right way the blue it's, it, it it kept the the blues essence in it compared to when elvis sang hound dog yeah, yeah. I, that didn't keep the essence to me but like this sounded bluesy but then it became rock but they they actually were the ones getting the lawsuits they were the people getting the lawsuits for ripping off led zeppelin right? yes Multiple lawsuits were put towards Led Zeppelin. That was said in the 
article on after really? like, so, so was it was it just a, a style of music they were playing or did they actually copy some songs? A, a lot of it was uh there's a lot of covers yeah. actually the rolling stones uh first song that hit uh, number one in the uk was a cover of a blues song from the u.s okay but it's really uh they they tried to put uh they tried to at least they say hey this is what impacted us as in our music choices i got it but also with all of that, you know, it's it's hard to say like what, where we're gonna draw this line between when it's culture appropriation or not. Because like with Jimi Hendrix, you know, he's saying he's saying I, I don't want this. I don't want this to be different. Mm. It, it shouldn't be racial music, right? But you know, you do have to honor like the the past parts. You, of you it. have to recognize that. That's yeah. exactly right. You know, I mean, music people are gonna listen to what sounds good to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, it it. it but recognizing the efforts of others is always the right thing to do, you know. So. Yeah, so, like, with that, I mean, the, like, when we think of rock and roll, we, I mean, honestly, when I normally am thinking of, like, the classic rock era of, like, mm-hmm. Aerosmith, oh, Queen, yeah. and that was yeah. a big thing after, like, after Jimi Hendrix and Chuck Berry mm-hmm. and B.B. King and them, it really did turn into a white industry. Yeah, there's no doubt. It just kind of morphed and, and continued along that path. I mean, because that, that was my era, obviously, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, you mm-hmm. know, again, like you say, Aerosmith, um, you know, Queen Eagles, ACDC, you know, really, really a lot of variety, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Leonard Skinner, the Southern Rock. And it's just yeah, like a, I mean, uh, what's it called? Uh, there's the uh, Rockabilly music. Okay. Rockabilly music is considered like Elvis in them during that time. Oh, it is. It had okay. more I've that, heard that term. That like country exactly vibe, but yeah. like it was rock. But also like I when I think of like rockabilly, I kind of think more of like Leonard because they sound more country, like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or like SRV, Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray. And like Stevie Ray, you know, he's great friends with, or he really respected Jimi Hendrix. Oh no doubt. And Little Wing with him, he he tried to cover it and keep its essence the same. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty close. I mean, you know, yeah, but, but it's uh, it's it's interesting here and there. There are two different versions. You know, but the main thing is, I really think with it, we need to honor like the the pathing of this music. You know, mm-hmm. even if we like, e- like even when we look at all these things, like African American culture had such a large impact on like all music. And when we look at popular music today, like in class, we talked about uh, reggaeton music and like uh, these musics coming from all these different areas, like uh, hip hop from like uh, Puerto Rico and places like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's that is coming from the hip hop of the U.S. Like all of these musics, like. Uh, like R and B and rock and rap, you know, like that's the main like impacts of popular music today. That's gonna, sure. Like like and and that does get its honor due, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the rap, we're like okay, that was a. That's not like we're not taking that away from anybody. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. rock itself too, like like rock, we're like okay, we don't really give it its due credit. Fair enough. And then like when we're talking about these like cultural music, we talked about folk music, you know, and folk music just. A music made for the like a certain group of people. That's mm-hmm. like a good way of determining. When we, I think of folk music, I think of like banjo. Yeah, but yeah. we have there's folk music across the world, and I mean re- realistically, everything could be considered a folk music for a certain group. And it, it it becomes culture appropriation when you take that music away from that group. Got it. Yeah. And and some of it's done, and maybe intentionally, some of it not. You know, yeah. again, it, it's it's just that whole whole migration and. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm a fan of, of just, like you say, I grew up with rock and roll. 
um, you know, went into country and uh, it, it's just, you know, I listen to a little bit of everything, but it's, 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 uh, it's been fun. So. But basically over the course of this podcast, like the main points I've been trying to make is we need to honor the past of the music and kind of understand how much of an impact like African-American communities have had on rock and roll per se, but also like music across the world with all these different types. But also with that, music needs to grow and music is continually growing. We always talked about how creolization like is a combination of different cultures and music. Like when you think of Creole, you think of like Cajun, like that. That's just a combination of like the US culture with like French culture with like African-American culture, like, you know, like voodoo and stuff like that. Right. So we talked about creolization as like this combination of different cultures into one music. But with that, like that's, that's bound to happen. And I think that's a great thing. It's a uniting thing. Music should unite us. Absolutely. And, and, and it, and it really sparks creativity, you know, again, you know, people gravitate toward what feels good to them or what feels comfortable. And then, you know, mixing, mixing different styles and stuff. I mean, it's just human nature. Again, you, you want it to, Music is, is something that just, uh, it, it makes us happy, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and the combination and just listening, listening to the different styles. And uh, as you said, I think recognizing uh, uh, the, the history and, and, and where it came from is, is extremely important. But yeah, I mean, it, it's been really interesting to look into this and see, because, you know, I've been, I listen to classic rock, you know, but like. And I love the blues. Like I listen to BB King, you know. But not going deeper and deeper into this is kind of crazy. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. That's a good talk. I appreciate uh, you inviting me. And I think you need to play some Hendrix here for us. Oh, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's been a pretty long podcast. <laughs> but I mean, I, I we'll basically say in the podcast here, you think. But I, I might add a little bit at the end just for funsies. Sounds good. All right. Well, it was fun, I think. I think you had fun, too. Absolutely. Right? And I learned a lot. So, great yeah. talking to you, as great, always. Great, ver- <laughs> great version of a final.